can be treasures. Elders. Money. Money can be a treasure. Amen. Our job, um, our status, our comfort, our safety, ourselves. A lot of those things can become treasures to us. And a lot of times we, 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 we don't focus on God because we're so focused on those things. And so what we learned on last week was that we can't serve two masters. That was powerful, right? Because a master we learned is anything that can dictate anything or anyone who can dictate our movements. And so if um, what, we be, what we made a treasure can dictate how we move and where we go and how we think and how we feel, then that has become a master. So the world will say, give God praise, but we're depressed because we lost our job. So that's become a master for us. Or uh, the Lord said, I need you to be here and I need you to do this. I need you to sacrifice this time. And then we get a call saying there's overtime. And then we have, now we, had a, now we don't know what to do. We don't know whether to go to church or go to work. Amen. Amen. And um, so if the money's become the master, then guess what happens? We go to work because you can't serve two. Always, it's always going to come that opportunity where there's going to be a conflict of interest and you're going to have to serve one. And that's why Jesus said you'll love one and you'll hate the other. And so that's, that's the thing. And so some people will say, well, I don't hate the Lord. I just needed to do this. But see, Jesus said, for him, love is just like you choose me first. So that's what he's saying, love and hate. He's saying one's going to come first and one's going to come last. Now, how many of y'all know Jesus is not good with coming last? So we want to we get our focus off of this earth stuff because we learn that this earth stuff has something in it called built-in obsolescence, which means that um, it's going to pass away, rust. And moth are going to destroy it, thieves break in and steal. And we talked a lot about built-in obsolescence, how different products are made to die. You bought your cell phone a couple of years ago. Your cell phone had so many gigabytes of RAM on it. Remember when the cell phone had 8 gigabytes of RAM? Man, we thought we were balling with 8 gigabytes of RAM. Then it went to 16, and we really thought we were doing something. How many of y'all know now that if your phone doesn't have 64 gigs of RAM, you got nothing on it? It takes at least a minimum of 64 gigs of RAM for you to now to be able to run a couple of good programs, a couple of good apps on your phone because the apps have gotten that big. So what happens is built-in obsolescence. The phone are built to become obsolete. Refrigerators, years ago, washing machine. You buy a washing machine last year till your kid graduated. Now you buy a washing machine in five years. You buy a new one. Come on. Built-in obsolescence. So everything on earth, guess what? It's passing away. And so our mindset, and now what we were encouraged to do by Christ was to, to, to make, put our treasures in heaven, not in this earth stuff. Say amen. amen. Because that's where the stress comes from, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's why we're tripping. That's why we don't sleep well. That's why we're, we're struggling in our relationships. That, that's, that's where the pressure comes from because we're so tied into this earth stuff, and it's temporary. And it doesn't make sense to be tied into something that you know is going to pass away. So Jesus said, I'm going to tell you where to put your treasure. Put your treasure in where? Heaven. Put your treasure in heaven. So let's look at the birds and the flowers, because I thought that we get a little bit from this birds and flowers thing. So look at this. First, I, and I'm breaking up verse 25. This is Matthew 6 and 25 from the CSB version of the Bible. You're going to want to follow on the screen because it's broken up and it'll be difficult for you to follow on your phone or your Bible. Here we go. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry. Broke that up. Therefore, I tell you what? Don't what? Who's talking? Jesus is talking. This has been his conversation all along. He said, don't store up treasures on earth uh, where wrath and rust and uh, moss destroy thieves, break in and steal, but store them in heaven. So now Jesus is saying he's moved through that and he said, therefore, I tell you, don't worry. That means don't be anxious. Don't have anxious thoughts. Don't be 
careful, okay? Don't be careful about what? About your what? Life. What, look in parentheses, what you will eat or what you will drink. So it, it, it connects eating and drinking to life, okay? So the first thing that we're not supposed to be worried about is our what? Life, what we eat or what we drink. Number two, we're not supposed to be worried about our what? Body, what you will what? Where? Now, what Jesus is speaking to an audience who were probably poor people, and so what they ate and drank was really, really important to them, and what they put on their backs were really, really important to them. And so in a modern day time in 2017, that might not be your thing, but you still have things that you're concerned for for your life, and you still have things you're concerned for for your body. Say amen. amen. And so Jesus said, listen now, we're not supposed to be anxious about any of these things, any provision, anything that we need, money, house, food, clothes, job, relationships. We're not supposed to be anxious about any of this stuff. Say amen. amen. None of this is supposed to make us trip. Even, can I back up to something? Even our body has built-in obsolescence. How many of y'all can still move like you moved when you were 12? Unless you're 12, you can't do it. Same as some of, some of us are what? Some of us close to 50. We can't move like we did when we were 30. You fall now, you lay there for a minute. Come on, talk to me. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. You fall down now, you lay there for a minute. Think about what happened. Pray about getting up. Talk to me, somebody. Ed, remember when you hurt something and it only took a couple of days for it to heal? Now you heard it how long? A month? <laughs> Built-in obsolescence. Why? See, this, can I say something to you? The transience of all this stuff is a reminder to us that everything here is temporary. This is not where it really matters. So every day when we get up with a new ache of pain, it is a reminder that even this tent, the scripture says, is dissolving. Are you with me? So heaven is permanence, eternal, always has been, always will be, always. So that's where we put our treasure. That's where our focus is because where your treasure is, your heart is. And remember, whatever you love is what you pursue. Whatever you love. So if you love this earth stuff, guess what you're going to be running after? I told you all about my friend to say he's chasing paper. Now we know what he loves. <laughs> because whatever you love, you what? Pursue. So if you love God, you pursue God. So don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Look at the question. Isn't life more than food and the body more than what? Clothing. So let me ask y'all a question. What else is there to life if it's, not, if it's not what you need? Living? Wow. What else? If life, if life is not just about what you need, if life is not just about a roof over your head and food on your table, because I know how we get in that grind. And that's all life becomes about after a while. Go to work. Go home. Take a shower. Eat dinner. Go to bed. Get up. 
go to work. And we get caught up in that cycle. And you know what? We lose the real value of life. All life becomes about is earth stuff. Because we get caught up in that grind. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You wanted to say something? Yeah, what, what more is there to life than food and peace, happiness, security, joy, family, friends? Say amen. How about God? There's way more to life than the stuff we need. But, but what do we spend most of our time dealing with? Come on, talk to me. Life stuff, earth stuff. Stuff we need as earthlings. We spend the majority of our time with stuff. How, how many, you know, like we go to work, do eight hours, do 12 hours. We don't think we go down to do 12 hours. Get on the road, drive 16 hours. Ain't no thing. Come to church, do two and a half hours, and we've been in too long. That's how tied up, that's how tied up we are in this earth stuff. Because we're thinking, you know, church ain't getting me no money. Church ain't, you, come on, talk to me. Church is not paying my bills. I, I got to go, man. I got to go. I got to go home and go to bed because I got to get up and go to work in the morning. But, but it, what if God didn't wake you up? See, here's the thing. We're so focused, aren't we? We're so focused on this earth stuff until that's how we get wrapped up in it, and we don't even know we're wrapped up in it. And we're choosing between God and it, and we're choosing it over God. And then we're saying God understands. And if we lose a job, we're tripping. If we lose relationships, we're tripping. Come on. If we, if we, if we lose our home, we're tripping. People, people during the recession, people were working two and three and four jobs trying to keep one house. And then people lost houses. People, people, I'm talking about CEOs of companies, and they were jumping off, jumping out the windows of the companies they worked for. Families were coming home and finding them dead on the floor. Because they were so upset because they lost their stuff or because they lost their CEO status. Because if I'm not a CEO, who am I? Completely caught up in this earth stuff. Say amen. amen. But I guarantee you, some people learn that this stuff comes and it goes. That was God's way of teaching us. It comes and it what? Goes. It's the brevity of things. Look at this. Here's the thing. Here's where we want to be. You ready? Y'all ready? Here's liftoff. Consider the birds of the sky. Watch them now. They don't what? Sow or what? Reap or what else? Gather into barns. Now hold on. Wait a minute. You have to sow and reap, right? You have to sow and reap and gather into barns, right? But they don't. They don't do any of that. But look at what it says. Yet, your heavenly father. Whoa, whoa, stop. Not their heavenly father. He is not their heavenly father. He is our heavenly father. Listen to what Jesus says. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't store in bonds. Yet, your heavenly father feeds them. You catch it. Come on. Our daddy feeding the birds. No, you got to see, see, for everybody who worries, we should have got a revelation. Yeah. Our father is feeding birds. Yeah. Birds don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather in the barns, right? But yet they eat every day. You want to know why? Because our father feeds them. Here's the question Jesus throws in. Aren't you worth more than they? You're his child. Whew. 
Who's God's child in this room? Put that hand way up. Don't give us that church hand wave. Come on, give us that. Way up. Are you a child of God? Now think about this. Hold up now. So if he's feeding the birds, I don't know how many birds there are in the world. You have any idea how many birds can, you know, you know the count? You know the population of birds? All I know is he had the capacity to feed them. How many ever birds there are in the world, my father has the capacity to feed them. And not just the capacity, are you ready for this? He has the heart to feed them. God has the heart to not let the birds go hungry. You watch it now. So our father's feeding the birds. Say amen. amen. Aren't you worth more than they? So let me ask you a question. Are you worth more than a bird to God? Can I, can I say something to you? Jesus didn't die for the birds. I'm going to tell you, now you're worth more than the birds. Jesus did not go to the cross to die for the sins of the birds. Jesus went to the cross to die for your sins. So it is built into that equation that you are worth more to God than any bird will ever be. Somebody ought to shout glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm valuable to God. So wait a minute. So maybe to God, you're a treasure. Because you pursue what you love and where your heart is. Oh, my God. And God so loved the world that he gave, made an investment to get you. Amen. Amen. You you invest in what's important to you. Yes, you do. Oh, you pay for what's important. I heard a preacher today say something about people say, I can't afford to pay my tithe, but they got an iPhone 7. (laughs) Have mercy on our soul. I didn't say it. The preacher said it. I said, I heard him say it. That wasn't me. I just listened to some good preaching this morning, and the man of God said, some of y'all say, I can't afford to pay my tithe. You got iPhone 7 out there reading your Bible right now. All right. So my question is, what have you considered about the birds this week? Because your homework assignment was to consider the birds. You were supposed to think about birds. That's what you were supposed to do. So I need, to tell, I need you to tell me what was it that you considered about the birds this past week? Yes, young man, what did you consider about birds? Birds just be birds. They they, they just being birds. Uh, Standing in the lane, Jake. They don't have a care in the world, Jasmine. That was what you were going to say. They flow free. Anybody else? You you consider the birds? Did you consider them? Did you think about them? Yes, sir. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, they're good. You didn't even think about the birds. But the birds are covered. Ain't God all right? So what does the scripture imply to us? That, that God, let, let's go back to the scripture. Now I'm going to go back to the scripture. Um, consider the birds. They don't reap no sow. Uh, they don't gather in the barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than them? What does the scripture imply? What does it say to us? Yes. Say it again. Yeah, we need to question and know our worth. We need to say, what am I worth to God? And then we need to know, yes, ma'am. We just need to stop worrying, Janae. 
If the birds don't have a care in the world, why should we? It, this thing implies, it, the implication here is, is that God cares about us. This is what we got to catch. There's no reason for us to worry. Look at this. How do birds get their food? God provides? That's how they get it? Y'all ever seen a bird get food? Y yes, ma'am. Ma'am, people throw food to them? Now, come on. I, I hope you're catching the parallel. People throw food to them. We, we, come, come on now. Throw bread out there to them. I told y'all many times if you're stressed, go feed the ducks. Come on. Right? How, how the eagles, what do eagles do? They, they, they swoop down and get the fish out the water or grab a rabbit or, or a small animal or whatever, right? Right. So here's the thing. I want to show you what they do. Number one, this is how they get their food. They have been equipped by God to secure the food they need to survive. They've been, they have been equipped by God to secure. Listen, they have been equipped by God to secure the food they need to survive. Just like the bird. Can I say, he will not equip the birds and not equip you. You are equipped by God. <laughs> so you have a gift. You have a skill. You have an ability. You have something that produces what you need in order to get what you need to survive. Somebody ought to shout in here. God gave everybody something. The question is, how are you using it? And the secondary question to that is, how are you using the stuff you get? Because maybe we got what we needed to survive and we misused it. Because you can't burn your bread and eat it. And I'm not talking about bread you put in the toaster. I'm talking about that bread. <laughs> say amen. You wanted to say something, sir? Wow. We're stationary. So fear has caused us to be immobilized in the thing that the faith without works is dead. So the thing that God gave us, we're not using it. Therefore, we don't have what we need. That's that's definitely yes. You look yeah, go ahead, sir. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Right. Wow. But you did fail, though, didn't you? Yeah. You failed in not trying. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Come on. <laughs> you went to number two. God, that's okay. God creates opportunity and the birds what? Seize it. Yeah, talents. That last one comes back and he did not seize it. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Can't let it happen. So God creates opportunity. Everybody say with me, God creates opportunity. God creates opportunity. And the birds seize it. And the birds seize it. 
So the bird's walking around, pecking on the ground, messing around. A worm sticks his head up. God bless his soul. He's gone. If that bird can get to that worm in time, that's lunch. The eagle's flying up there and way up there in the sky. He sees a salmon. That salmon made a mistake in flying just, a, just swimming just a little bit too close to the surface. Oh, boy, take a dive, grab him with the, what he's equipped with, good eyes, and <laughs> hook that bad boy, and you see him flying off into the sunset. He, they're using what they've been equipped with. The first picture that we looked at, the very first picture, look at this. This bird is getting what it needs with that long beak. It's been equipped. And it seizes opportunity. He's using what he has. Hey, that's a whole other Bible study. That's a whole other Bible, but that's true. So we've been equipped. The birds have been equipped. God equipped us too, right? And so opportunities come. The birds seize the opportunity. The birds, listen, let me tell you something. A bird is not walking past a worm. I'm sorry. A bird not walking past a worm. It might take it back to the nest for later, but a bird is not walking past a good worm? No, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. What does he say? Wicked, huh? Lord have mercy. That's strong, very strong language. Yes, ma'am. Right. He get that worm. Right. Right. And remember the ant. Storing up during the time when it's summer and harvest, the ants out there working. Winter time, the ants at the um, mound chilling, watching TV. Too cold out there. I mean, ant, ant like, man, I ain't going out there. It's cold. Them humans out there freezing working. I, I, I did what I needed to do because he sees opportunity. And guess what? It's instinctual. Yes, sir. Yeah. Talk ourselves out of it. Talk, I, I can't do that. Some of y'all might have a million dollar idea. And you just haven't moved on it. I want to show y'all something. Look at, this, look at this little bird here. I don't know what it's eating, but boy, it's got it. Right? Look at that bird. I want you to show you another bird. He's got a bigger piece of something. Look at that duck down there looking. That duck, like if you drop that. <laughs> Isn't that how people look at you? Oh, you, you drop that if you want to. That's mine if you drop that, baby. Look at this. But watch this. Watch this bird. This is totally different. Look at this bird. Somebody put that there for that bird. That bird not working for nothing. God provided through somebody else. 
Jesus. You got God's feeding them, and it's coming in a lot of different ways. Some people throw them bread out at Lake, at, uh, Lake Mayor, and some people have birdhouses with feeders in their backyard. But however it comes, y'all, God is the one, oh God, who's feeding those birds. So whether you go to work or somebody give you $20 and say, buy lunch. Yeah. God is providing. And remember, if God feeds the bird, because he's our father, they say, your heavenly father feeds them. So God's not going to feed birds and not feed you. So what don't birds do? Y'all are so on it. Birds don't worry. Let me ask you another question. Y'all answer the question. There it is. They don't worry. But what do birds do then if they're not worrying? Fly, enjoying bird life. What else? What else they do? They do they eat? They eat. They fly. They sing. Little whistle song. Woodpeckers peck wood. <laughs> Ducks swim. Right? Eagle soar. Yes, sir. And they pay attention to the seasons. Guess so. You said it earlier so well. They do bird stuff. Birds are free to be what they were created to be because they don't spend time worrying. Let that soak in. Yes. Huh? No, they better not. They don't. And And eagles not walking with chickens. You know eagles live a pretty solitary life. You don't see eagles flying like you see ducks. But you don't see their eagle trading in their eagle card. Because they don't get to fly like ducks. Yes. No, they're not. They don't have those kind of worries. And it makes them free to be chickens, ducks, turkeys, canaries. Uh huh. By the mockingbird. That's it. That's awesome. Because it's instinctual. So let me ask you a question. What could we be being? I know that's not right, but I'm saying it. What could we be being if we weren't so caught up in all this stuff? It would, we just do, right? See, that's the thing. A bird is not thinking about flying. It's made to fly. The birds that are made to fly are made to fly. So they do it. The, the woodpeckers peck wood. And I, if you could interview a woodpecker, if we could get a woodpecker in here and interview him, why do you peck wood? I'm a woodpecker. 
It's what we do. Right? A robin sing. It's what they do. You feel me? We, we all were created with something. But stuff is getting in the way of us being what we were created to be. We don't have that freedom to just be like birds do. This earth stuff has got us on. We can be flying. This earth stuff got us stuck. We're so caught up on so many things that God never designed us to be caught up on. If we could put our focus on God, imagine what we could really be. Yes, sir. I, I would venture to say many times, no. We really don't really get how much God loves us. And he's going to take what? Care of us. So when we worry, it, it literally implies that God is either not capable or willing to do what he promised. But somehow birds just, I know it seems, but Jesus made the comparison, not me. Look at, look at this. How does what they don't do impact what they do? Takes the weight off. And they're just free to be birds. That's beautiful. So what can we learn from considering this? We can learn we need to be free. We can learn, we need to learn, we got to let this earth stuff go. Right? How many of y'all cry when a candle burns up? A candle. You, you light a candle. It burns all the way up. How many of y'all cry when it's gone? Why? Why, 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 why? It, 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 it did what it's supposed to do. And, and we also know that candles burn up. We know they're temporary. There you go. Boom, y'all. Everything on earth like the candle. Nothing here is temporal. Nothing here is permanent. It's burning up. Hmm? Everything on earth, temporary. Everything down here, temporary. Everything. You can go get your classic car. They'll stop making parts for it. <coughs> I was looking at a car. I was looking at a car to buy for my wife. I was looking at a car to buy for my wife, and, and it was an older model car, and I said, I'm going to buy that car for my wife. I think it was a Volvo. And I started doing research on that Volvo Elder Smith, and you know what I found out? People were having problems getting parts. I said, uh-uh, the devil is a lie. I ain't going to be around here with a car that won't run because I can't get one part. Say amen. They, so I'm saying this stuff is temporary. Everything down here is built that way. Built in obsolescence. That's because we need to be reminded. Eternity is with God. Permanence is with God. Security is with God. Not here. There's really not security here. A thief, you, no matter what you do to protect your house, you get an alarm hoping you can keep a thief out. But a, but a, real, but a real good thief that knows what they're doing will get in there, wave at your camera. <laughs> I'm serious, a real good one. Have a sandwich, watch TV, 
But in, who, who robbing heaven? Who running up in heaven kicking the door in, kicking the gate in? Talking about they doing a home invasion. Not a soul. See, the security is in heaven, y'all. And every, and every time something happens here, it, it's the lesson I love for this place. The more that happens, I love this place less. I love the people, but I don't love this place. This place is stinking. It is not what God made it initially. Sin has ruined it. We're not supposed to love this place. We go to Chicago. We don't vote. We we ain't ain't picketing in Chicago. We don't live there. Elder Smith, Sister Smith, y'all went on vacation out of town. Y'all hung out. But you ain't get involved in politics. That ain't your home. It didn't, come on, it didn't concern you at the same level of what's going on back here. See what I'm saying? This stuff down here, we got to have a very loose grip on it. I want to challenge you. Let go of that kung fu grip. Because I'm telling you, if you got a kung, let me tell you, it's harder to lose something you holding on to real tight. Amen. Okay, let me, I'm sorry. Verse 27. Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? Anybody? I want to give you the King James. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? One cubit. So let's talk about a cubit. A cubit is the linear measure about 18 inches, the length of a man's forearm from the elbow to the tip of his middle finger. Now, I'm not going to put just my middle finger up. I thought about that before I came here today. What it would look like for me to just put up my middle finger on live stream. You understand that that would that be all over Facebook and Twitter before we got home. Pastor gives church the bird or something like that. Since we were talking about birds and flowers. So I'm going to put my whole hand up. And so a, a cubit is the distance between the elbow and the tip of the middle finger. Stature is life from birth to death. Stature is life from birth to death. So who amongst us can add this much to our life from birth to death by worrying? See? He didn't make it hard either, just this. This is a short distance. Said 18 inches. We can't add anything. We can't make a bill get paid. We can't make somebody like us. We, we can't make a boss change his mind. We can't. We, we just can't. Worrying doesn't change anything. That's why Jesus said, don't do it. I read today that the word anxious is used Seven times in Matthew, which is the most of any book in the New Testament. So he must have, Jesus was really trying to get a point across. 
that we're not supposed to have anxiety and worry. Look at 28. And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. So now we went from, from birds to flowers now. So I didn't ask you to look at the flowers, but think about it. The wildflowers now, not the one people plant and, and maintenance. I'm talking about the flowers that just grow. Like they just grow. Right? Nobody's planting them. Nobody's fertilizing them. Nobody's trimming them back. They're just kind of doing their thing naturally. Look at this. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned or arrayed like one of these. Y'all, hold up now. We're talking about, we're talking about wildflowers. And you mean to tell me that the wildflowers look better than Solomon? No, I'm not talking about your rose bush now. I'm not talking about your cattle lilies. And I'm talking about flowers that just sprung up in the field. And see, I can imagine Jesus. I like Jesus. I can imagine Jesus was outside talking to him. And Jesus said, consider the birds. And the bird just flew over. A bad man. And maybe it was a field of flowers over there and said, observe the flowers. Oh, he was teaching them, boy. He was teaching them now. Oh, he's a bad man now. Now watch it now. He said, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor. Get what he's saying. Solomon could dress. He's he not saying Solomon was sloppy. He said Solomon was cool with it. Solomon had some threads, baby, but not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. That's something, y'all. You got to think about how much he gave Solomon. Think about how much he gave Solomon, and he said, yet the wildflowers look better. You got to see, this is something. So if that's how God clothes, if that's how God clothes, if that's how God clothes the grass, because the wildflowers grow in the grass. So the wildflowers are clothes for the grass. So if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, y'all, come on, it's thrown into the furnace, right? Won't he do? Much more for you. Everybody just lift your hands. You need, we need to either say I'm sorry or thank you or both. <laughs> I'm sorry, thank you. Jesus. He, he's dressing the grass. And the grass looks better than Solomon. Won't he do much more? Because it said God did that. It said God did that. So, so it didn't just spring up, did it, Sam? God did that. That's awesome. Won't he, won't he put better clothes on your back? Won't he provide for you at a higher level if he'll provide for grass like that and grass is here today, gone tomorrow? Oh, ye of little faith, he said. That wasn't the first time. That wasn't the, that wasn't the only time Jesus said that. 
seemed like he had to say, oh, ye of little faith, a couple times. He had to ask where the faith was. <laughs> why, why don't you have faith? He had to have that faith conversation all the time. Oh, ye of little faith. Little faith pertaining to possessing comparative little faith or trust. Comparative, comparative. So he didn't say he didn't have any faith. He just said it was little. But he, here's what I wanted to say to encourage everybody. Look at that. Look at those acorns. Anybody got an idea what's inside that desert? What's in that? What, what's in that yonder acorn? Huh? It's a tree. It's a tree. Ain't it a tree in there? Ain't a tree in there? Something big. The potential for something big is in that acorn. That little faith. Okay, maybe maybe this will do it. Faith can mature. Faith can mature. Faith does not have to stay little. That big lion used to be a little baby lion. He did not come into the world a grown lion. He came in the world a little lion that had to be nurtured and cared for and protected by the pride until he grew to become what he once needed. Grass just growing. And then we mow it. And then it grow right back. It's just winter come and the grass dies, so we think. Grass just resting. It'll be back. Isn't that amazing? God's doing that. God's doing that. And look at, you see, if the faith is little today, y'all, if, if we're struggling in these areas right now, we're not supposed to be depressed. This lesson is to help our faith go from that little, cute little thing now that we would rub his head to the one that we were run from. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, the one on the left, I'll rub his head. I will. I'll, oh, you so cute. That big one? Oh, no. <laughs> I ain't even going in the room with him. Come on. If they brought that joke in here, I'm going that way. How many of y'all with me? I'm walking out of here. I got him. You might lose him. <laughs> Talking about I got him. I'm walking out. But if you bring that little one in here, I'll sit here and teach Bible study with him. Little faith grows, y'all. And this Bible study is meant to provoke growth. Because in order for us to get better, we need to see where our struggle is. We, we cannot ignore our struggle and grow. So we're going to pay attention to the areas that we need to beef up in. Amen? That's what this, this Bible study is meant to get us to this point right here. It's going to get better, baby. I'm going to be like the bird. I am going to soar. Say amen. Praise God. Amen? Praise God. So why does Jesus use King Solomon as a comparison? I wonder. Anybody know why he used King Solomon? He's, the grass is beautiful. He used King Solomon. When you see the scripture, I promise you, you are going to trip completely out. Yes. Yeah. 
Ever live. Ever live. Yeah, riches and the wisest. Ever live. So with that in mind, you would think that Solomon was really well-dressed, right? You would think that if Solomon lived today, Solomon would have the best, right? Check this out. I'm going to show you maybe this is why. Look at this right here. When the queen of Sheba observed all Solomon's wisdom, the palace he had built, the food at his table, his servant's residence, his attendance service, and their attire. It doesn't mention his clothes. Okay. It says when she saw the slave's clothes. His cupbearers and the burnt offerings he offered at the Lord's temple. It took her breath away. Jesus. His slaves were so well dressed. Come on, son. Slaves had swag. Their houses blew her away. You got to see, Lord. You see what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so excited. The slaves' houses had her tripping. This is the queen. You got to have something to impress a queen. No, y'all messing around. I ain't talking about impressing people like us. Right. I'm talking about this is a queen. Yes. She used to seeing opulence right. and, and, and riches. and uh, No, no, no. She saw their houses and was like, my God. The slaves live here? Look at how these jokers are dressed. So if they were dressed that good, imagine how well Solomon was dressed. Good. Lord of quarter. So God provided for Solomon, but provided for his servants through him. Because he was rich. Yeah, but we be rich, baby. <laughs> Our father is rich. And we are heirs. Oh Lord Jesus. Boy, I'm about to lose it. And joint heirs. With Christ, what's an heir? Huh? An heir is somebody who's going to inherit. No, no, we're heirs. We're sons of God. So we're doing better than Solomon's folk. Ain't God all right? I said, ain't God all right? But I feel like hoping. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. That's something. So maybe maybe that's why Solomon, because I'm thinking it never described his clothes. It only described his servant's clothes. But I know he's well-dressed if his servants are well-dressed. And that took her breath away. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. She said to the king, the report I heard in my own country about your words and about your wisdom is true. She's not done. But I didn't believe the reports until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, I was not even told half. Your wisdom and, uh-oh, uh-oh, prosperity far exceed the report I heard. Boy, they told me you were rich. 
but I didn't know you were this rich. <laughs> they told me you were wise, but I didn't know you were this wise. Son, you got it going on. And I do believe, Elder Smith, uh, that she blessed him. Now, why would you bless a rich man? Why would you bless somebody that's already got everything? Because, see, the reason he received the harvest is because he sowed a seed in his servants. That's it. And that's wisdom. Jesus. Y'all see that? So here's what I got to ask y'all. How many times has your father come through for you? After you lost sleep. After you skipped meals. After you were depressed. After you couldn't shake. Come on. How many times has he come through? And there were no other way. Other than God making something happen. Anybody ever saw God make something happen? Remember we used to preach about those nothing but God situations? Has anybody ever been in one of those? And had God move? And even when we didn't, even when we didn't trust him fully, he still did it? Because when we're faithless, he's faithful. Because he's our father. He's our father. He's our father. He's our father. And his heart moves him. Hey, his heart moves him. His heart moves him to be good to us, to cover for us, even when we don't have faith in him. His heart moves him. Even when our kids are disobedient, our hearts, talk to me, parents, our hearts move us. I ain't going to do it for you no more. That's the last time. But then they call. And our hearts, come on. And people were telling us that we had to be a certain amount of good in order for God to be good to us, Nelson. Huh? Isn't that what they told us? But when our kids are bad, when they mess up in school, we still feed them. Still put clothes on their back. We still let them stay in the house. Say amen. Amen. We don't make them do without. Why would we make God seem so mean when we can be so nice? I say God nicer than us. God loves us way more than we love our own kids. I, I know you love your kid, but God loves us way more. Because if he loves the birds enough to take care of them, and if he loves even the people over there who are in other countries who don't get much food, guess what? We send food to them. That's God. However they get the food, they may not be able to grow their own crops, but planes come and drop the food. Oh, God, I bless your name. Planes drop the food for them. They may not have wells, but they send companies over there to dig wells for them. Thank you, Jesus. And they praise God the most. They got the least. But they praise God the most. And it's because, Pastor Lust, let me, let me back that up. Because they can't put their trust in stuff. Because they don't have any stuff. They can't put their trust in a high-paying job. Because they make in a year what some of us make in a week. We are so blessed and so well cared for. Until sometime 
We like the young people we talk about. Privileged and entitled. But like you said, Charlotte, sometimes the bird misses the worm. But he doesn't give up worm hunting. He doesn't say, God don't love me. And quit flying. I ain't flying no more. I'm going to show God. No, he's, he flies the next day. Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, we made to worship. We're made to give him glory. We're made to be salt and light. It's what we're made for. This shouldn't be work for us. We shouldn't have to work up a worship. Hey, glory. We shouldn't need music. We shouldn't need the right song. We shouldn't need a Hammond. We should think on the goodness of Jesus. And it ought to be automatic. It ought to be automatic for us to worship. Because it was what we created for. To give him glory. We have to muster it up a lot of times. Because we got so much weighing on us. And we can't be who he made us. But I want to be who he made me to be. How many of y'all want to be what he made you to be? You want to do what he made you to do. Without restriction. Birds aren't talking themselves into flying. Fish aren't talking themselves into swimming. They're just doing it because they're free. Anxiety binds us. It wraps us up and it keeps us from being able to just be. And we're waiting to become the sons of God. And the scriptures say, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. I don't know everything about what I'm going to be, but I know who I am. (laughs) I am a son of God. Somebody say, I am a son. I don't know everything about what God's going to do tomorrow, Ed, but I know about what he's done today. Oh, I wish I had a witness here. Amen. If we were in the old church, we say he woke me up this morning. Started me on my way. Gave him a right man. Huh? The old preacher said, I tried my feet. And they worked this morning. Y'all didn't go to the old Baptist church. Y'all didn't go there. I went to the old Baptist church. That we, it, they were so poor. They had so little. And they knew way less, but they were so grateful. And they used to say stuff like, the Lord will make a way. And, and other songs say, the Lord will make a way somehow. Yes, sir. Just come natural. What comes natural? Praise and worship. Yeah. Yeah. That's not natural. The, the burdens of life, stress, anxiety, worry, that is so not natural. Picked up some bad habits. 
down here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Picked up some pretty bad habits down here. No, we got we to gotta get Jesus. Here we go. So look at verse 31. So don't worry. Saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles easily seek all those things. Look at him talking. He's saying, so the people in the world, that's what they seek after. Seek denotes the striving of man, the deployment of his will and desire. See, so they're out there going after what they want. That's what the world does. And some kind of way we pick that up. Go for yours. Get yours. Chasing that paper. Some kind of way we pick that up. We have to drop that. Right? Because we know we're not paper chasers. Paper chases us. And the blessing run you down and overtake you. I was just going about my business. Huh? I was just going to work and the blessing. Huh? That's how it works for us. No, we don't chase blessings. We are the blessed of God. The head and not the tail. The lender above only. That's us. That's our pedigree. Let's look at this. We have to go. It's 8 o'clock. And your heavenly father knows that you what? And I think I've asked this question before. When you know what your kid needs, you get it. Boy, them shoes running over. You go get a new pair of shoes. Those jeans have a hole in them. You go get new jeans. It's what we, it's, it's how we operate, right? He knows what we need. He already knows. But seek, desire, first. That's an order of importance. Make it first. The kingdom, the reign of God. Seek doing his will, living out your purpose, being who he called us to be. That's kingdom. And his righteousness. And all these things will, oh, I like this CEV. It will be what? Provided. CSB. Provided. King James says added. Right? So, to be added. Since King James says added, I don't want to twist it. It means to be or become additionally considered alongside an original quantity or collection. So it means you already have something. He gonna, he gonna add what you need, heal. So, last point. Here it is. And all these things will be given to you as well. Wait, 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 wait. As well as what? Well, wait a minute. Seemed like to me we're going to get what we were seeking. What is it that we're supposed to be seeking? So we're going to get the kingdom and the things. No, get. There it is right there. If you seek the kingdom, you'll get it. Then he says, all the stuff you used to worry about, the clothes, the house, Car, the job, the food. I add that in there too. (laughs) 
Huh? He didn't. He, he asked for wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, in addition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and guess what? Guess why Solomon asked for wisdom? Anybody know? He could rule God's people well. He wanted to do right by God's people. His God, his God in heaven now, and God said, anything you want, I get to you. Anything. Anything. Just, just ask me, son. Just ask me. Anything. And Solomon was like, well, I am the king, and these are your people. So, God, I need you to give me wisdom so I can take care of your people the way you want them taken care of. And God said, hey, hey. give him the wisdom and just loaded him up. What, what, if, what, if our, what if our born purpose was what we focused on? Because remember we learned about preoccupation. Pre, before, in front of. Occupation, the thing that the person is here to do, and the Christians are here to glorify God. So what if that was our main purpose and our main focus, and we ask God for help to do that? You reckon he'll bring the stuff alongside? Because he knows that's not what we're focused on. As long as, I'm going to say something. There are things that I focused on and I wanted, and God never gave it to me. I, I, I ain't gotten it yet. I hadn't. And then when I said forget it, I don't want it no more. And I focused on something else. It came. Some of the stuff hadn't come yet because I ain't ready for it. I can acknowledge that today. But back then I was having a hissy fit because I wanted it. And I couldn't handle it. It was like that little boy on Christmas story. His mama told him he didn't need that BB gun. I just got that BB gun. She said, you're going to put your eye out. And I'll be, thank God for them glasses. They'd have been calling him Patchy. No, really. I'm saying he, he wasn't ready for that, right? So don't get down when God doesn't give you what you want. Because he promised to supply needs. You get some of what you want. But needs trump wants. Heavenly Father, thank you for a great study. Thank you for a great group of people who help us to dig into the scriptures and gain understanding. Thank you for the insight that you've given to all of us. I thank you, God, for this word that Jesus taught. That is a powerful word. Thank you for the new things that we saw in it that we've never seen before. And I thank you, Lord, finally, for the fact that our lives have changed because of this study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless all of you on live stream. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Peace. All right, y'all. Man, great time, eh? Great time. Thank God. Um, thank you all for coming tonight. Um, I pray that the study was a blessing to you. Um, if you want to sow a seed... You're welcome to add your seed to the seed that's already here. Um, and um, I'm going to ask you to pray for my family. Um, I found out today that my cousin went to work, felt bad, went to the hospital, and she passed away.